Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Good morning. I've got to unfold my glasses after that. <laughs> um, first of all, I'd like to thank my brother Phil Weaver for permission to use his song, which incidentally won Queensland's Song of the Year at the Queensland Music Awards way back in the late 80s, early 90s, as you can probably tell (laughs) by the type of music. But speaking of songs of the late 80s and 90s, our children had amongst their favourites numerous uh, Muppet Muppet Show sing-alongs and Sesame Street cassettes, which we listened to endlessly in the car on long journeys. And I recalled a certain song performed by a large yellow avian creature. Unfortunately, broadcasting rights don't allow me to play it for you, but I'm going to read you the lyrics. It says, when you want to hug somebody because they make you feel good, when you fall down and somebody helps you up and makes you feel good, when you really mean you're sorry if you hurt somebody's feelings, then you know that love is a really good feeling to have. Love is what you feel when you feel you want to sing. Love is what you feel about your most favourite things. Love is a feeling everybody wants to feel. Love is a really good feeling to have. When you want to hug somebody because they make you feel good. When you feel bad and somebody cheers you up and makes you feel good. When people make you happy and you want to share that feeling, you know that love is a really good feeling to have. Well, I hate to disillusion you, but Big Bird got it wrong, as much of our modern society has. The message of this song and much of what we hear in the media is that love is a feeling and it's very much about me, how I feel, how others make me feel. But what does God say love is? Can we just pray for a moment? Father God, I just thank you for this morning and I pray that as we look into your word, your Holy Spirit will move upon it to to put seeds in our heart that will help us grow and transform into who you want us to be, how you want us to reflect your love. Amen. Scripture tells us that God is love, so he is our pattern of what love is and how to love. 1 Corinthians outlines this for us, what God's kind of love looks like, and I love how the Passion Translation presents it. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, but selfishly, sorry, or selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. 
It's very easy to feel love and to say we love someone, but whether we truly love is determined by our actions, not our feelings. Good feelings may follow when we act in the spirit of love, but it is our actions, not the presence or absence of feelings, that indicate true love. And secondly, love is a choice. We choose to love in obedience to God's word and in response to his amazing love for us, sometimes contrary to what we may be feeling. In Matthew 21, verses 28 to 32, we read the parable which Jesus spoke about two sons. A man had two sons. He went up to the first and said, Son, go out for the day and work in the vineyard. And the son answered, I don't want to. But later on, he thought better of it, and he went. The father gave the same command to the second son. He answered, sure, glad to, but he never went. Both his listeners and Jesus agreed that the son who did his father's bidding, rather than the one who said he would, honoured his father's wishes. Jesus said to his disciples, and therefore to us, that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. This includes loving one another. In the first epistle of John, chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, John writes, If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You have to love both. Paul also exhorted his readers in Romans chapter 12, let the inner movement of your heart be always to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour one another. Our main theme for this week is taken from Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14. I decided on this theme some months ago and also started preparing this message some time ago. Last week, Kylie shared with us and incredibly used these same scriptures and even a very similar illustration. So I thought, well, it's nice to know we're on the same wavelength and maybe God thinks we need to hear it again. <laughs> so I'm going to read Corinthians 3, 12 to 14. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, Content with second place, quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I love this analogy of putting on clothing because it's something we can all relate to, I think especially we women. So to help us visualise the process by which we can walk in love, please welcome my assistant, 
Nikki. So first of all, we're told to put on compassion. Compassion, not just pity. Compassion requires action. It's easy to pity someone, to say, oh, how sad, how awful. But compassion, true compassion, requires us to put action behind our pity, doesn't it? And then there's kindness. Thank you, ma'am. Kindness. Kindness talks about the way we do things. It's easy to do something for someone and begrudgingly, out of obligation. Kindness is the attitude with which we do things for others, isn't it? Next comes humility or being willing to take second place, not needing all the attention or taking all the credit. <laughs> so now we've got our humility in place. And then there's quiet strength or meekness. It's not weakness. It's bridal strength, like a horse. A wild brumby is strong, but its energy is wasted. The strength of a tamed and bridal horse can achieve much. Thank you. So, we have our, our, our quiet strength, our meekness. But earlier in this chapter, Paul talks about what clothing we should take off in order to adorn ourselves with the attributes God wants us to embody. Verses 8, 9 and 10. You yourselves are to put off all these. Anger and wrath. It's very hard to be showing kindness and gentleness if we're angry and full of wrath. Just when we get hot in our natural bodies, we take off our coat, our jacket, our jumper. So when we get hot under the collar, as they say, we should stop and make that decision to take off whatever it is that we're angry or cross about. I'm preaching to myself this morning as well. I like to think I've mellowed over the years, but recently, I got quite hot under the collar with a gentleman with whom I was doing business to the extent that even though I'd been doing all the negotiating, the next few phone calls were made directly to my husband and not myself. He didn't want to talk to me no more. So I should have listened to my own sermon prep, shouldn't I? Taken off that collar and that coat before I spoke to him. There you go. Sometimes in the spur of the moment, we don't stop and think. So there we go. So the next thing we need to do is take off malice. Malice can come from preconceived ideas about somebody, not understanding their situation or where they've come from. I always say there's a reason why people are like they are, and sometimes we need to look beyond the surface to, to see that. 
And then we need to take off blasphemy or filthy language. That doesn't demonstrate the love of God very well, does it? And then he says, do not lie to one another. Be honest with one another. Thank you. You can stay my assistant. Thank you. <laughs> so do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Sometimes it can be difficult putting on and taking off layers, especially if they're not yet a good or comfortable fit. Sometimes we need a dresser, as I did. <laughs> Thank my dresser, please. <laughs> God has given us a spiritual dresser, the Holy Spirit. He offers to dwell within us and to produce his fruit in us to help us grow into God's loving characteristics. Galatians 5, starting at 22, tells us about the fruit which the Holy Spirit will place in our life. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows. It's hard to be angry, hard to be harsh when you're full of joy, peace that subdues, patience that endures. How often do we say, I've run out of patience with whatever? But God's kind of patience endures. Kindness in action, faith that prevails and gentleness of heart. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. How the world needs to hear this truth with all its social media and trolls and all the rest of it. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Christ established the worth of every human life by dying in our stead to bring us back into relationship with our Creator and Heavenly Father. Such was the demonstration of his love. Romans 5, 7 and 8 says, Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners, or still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus thought we were worth putting aside his divinity for, leaving the glory of heaven for, being birthed as a human baby, and subjected to the constraints of childhood for, and then ultimately allowing himself to be cruelly murdered in order to pay the price of reconciling us to our Heavenly Father. He opened the doors of God's eternal paradise to whomever will receive his gift of salvation so lovingly offered. Receiving this gift is really very simple. Having acknowledged the price Jesus paid for us personally, 
We just need to tell him we want to start again and receive the new life he has to offer us. Here at Metro, we have a very simple way of indicating this. You can text YES to 0488-826-392 or you can email yes.metrochurch.org.au and every 30 days from then you'll receive a scripture and a prayer every day. You can opt out any time. Your info is not shared with anyone else. So I'd like to congratulate all those of you who are either today or thinking about it today, accepting Jesus. Our team always prays for everyone who sends in that message. If you're in the building and you would like to speak to someone personally, there'll be someone at the Connect Hub after the service, just to your left as you leave the main doors, and you can speak to someone personally about that decision if you'd like to. The last commandment that Jesus gave his disciples as he was sharing the Last Supper with them just prior to his arrest and crucifixion, his last commandment was to demonstrate his love to each other. John recorded it in chapter 13, verse 34 and 5. Let me give you a new command, he said. Love one another. In the same way I have loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognise that you are my disciples, when they see the love you have for each other. Sadly, sometimes we find it easier to show the love of God to those who don't yet know him than we do to each other. So let's be great examples of God's love as we interact with other believers, knowing that the world is watching us. I'm sure many of you have heard my husband say on more than one occasion there's two reasons people don't want to become a Christian. One is because they've never met a Christian. And the second is because they have. Yes, sadly. The Apostle Paul admonished the church at Philippi with these words. If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour. Agree with one another. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. As I said in the beginning, God is love, and he is our example of what love should look like. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the more we drop our masks and pretenses and look at Jesus and see what he and our Father God are like, the more we will begin to become like them. So I've asked the team to sing for us a beautiful song called Elohim, which is just one of the names of God. And as they do, let us just remain seated and reflect 
on the nature of God's love, which he desires for us both to receive from him and to share with others. So we just listen to them as they sing. I think they're ready to come and just be asking God to develop the beautiful qualities of love into our lives.
is patient, God is kind, He does not envy, He does not boast, His ways are higher than my own, His thoughts consume the great unknown, of this alone I am sure, my God is love. Thank you. Now I have a benediction for us. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Amen. I want to thank you for being here today. For those of you who are online, Pastor Bruce is down in the studio ready to minister to you and take your prayer requests. If you're here in the building, enjoy your morning tea. Get your photos taken at the photo booth. And ladies, please accept your gift from our host team as you leave the auditorium. Now, I'm going to be a little bit school ma'am here. We're quite early. So if you're a mum who has to go down and get your children at 11 o'clock, I'm going to dismiss you first so you can go and start your morning tea first. So you can have a few minutes peace before you have to go for the children. So the mums, you are now excused. And for the rest of you, we'll follow soon after. God bless you. And remember, this evening's service will be online only. Have a great week. Thank you.